Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, you're going to meet a couple of brilliant playwrights who took a tragedy and turned it into a musical masterpiece. Their incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is The Jeff Crilly Show. Well, as many of you know, I wrote a book some 20 years ago, and it was difficult to write a book. I couldn't imagine being a playwright and add on top of that, writing a personal journey about a tragedy. To talk about that today, Meg Parker Wilson and Lisa Apple, they are both storytellers and uh, artists, and uh, they, they are my friends. Thank you for coming into the studio. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you so much for having us. Yep. So a mutual friend introduced me to your story, and I knew I had to have you in studio. Why don't we start with you, Lisa? Uh, tell us more about your brother. Yes, um, so his name was James Apple. Um, and so I'm the second oldest of four of us and James was the youngest, so he was my youngest brother. Um, and I mean, just ever since I can remember, he was just a like a ray of sunshine, happy, fun, um, upbeat, and kind of larger than life and just easygoing, talented. He played the guitar, he played the piano. Um, and so he was just a really special kid. And so as he got a little bit older, um, we kind of went through some stuff in our family. Parents got divorced and um, just kind of some difficult things. And so um, he, things were really hard for him as the youngest. And so flashing forward as he gets a little bit older, um, he ended up having like an episode in Nashville, Tennessee, and my mom had to go there and be with him. He ended up in a psych ward. And um, that was kind of when we were first like something, maybe something is wrong, something's not right here. And then um, he comes back to Texas. He starts working at, um, he gets a couple different jobs, but he starts working at Pete's Piano Bar in Fort Worth. He works at Radio Shack. Um, and we get a call at one point in, I think it was like May 3rd, 2010, that he was standing up on top of a billboard um, naked in downtown Fort Worth. And so um, I had actually been up at my school teaching and um, my mom, my whole family, we went to Fort Worth. They like blocked off the street. It was down at like West 7th Avenue. Um, there were cop cars everywhere. There was like a negotiator trying to talk him down off of this like massive billboard. And my family, we were all in like a, um, a trailer. And so we didn't know what he was going to do. Like we thought he's going to jump. This is it. Um, he would kneel. He would stand. He would sit. I mean, he was walking like he was walking on a tightrope. So for us as a family, that was like, it's sort of unbelievable. Like you think people get sick, people, I mean, there's all kinds of tragedies out there, but that was something like you don't imagine in your mind, hey, you know, whatever. Like it was just such a crazy incident. And so, 
yeah, what followed from that was this journey that we went on and it was short. It was about like six or seven months um, of trying to help figure out like what is, what's wrong with James? Like he was about 23, almost 24. Um, and it was really tough. Like he was, sometimes he was really with it and sometimes he wasn't. And so we didn't know. So this whole idea of like, maybe something is wrong with him was like, we didn't even think about that. We thought like, maybe it's pot, maybe it's drugs, maybe he's making bad choices, um, hanging out with the wrong people. And it wasn't toward like, it wasn't until like the very end um, of his journey that we started to piece together, like he is struggling, he hears voices um, in his mind, like, so, and, and it was the eve of his um, birthday that he had like, it was basically considered like a psychotic episode. Um, and he poked himself with a knife, like in a, he had his Bible open. Apparently he was in this bathroom in the, this back house of a place that we had put him in called the Gaston house, which was awesome. Um, it's in Dallas. And, um, yeah, he, he, it was this situation where he went to his roommates and said, like, I didn't mean to do this. They took him to Baylor hospital. They lay him on the gurney and, and he's like, I'll see you guys when I wake up. Um, and he never did. And so, um, yeah, I got the call to go to the hospital and that's, yeah. I am so sorry for your loss and um, thank you for sharing the story. We've got some pictures of James that we yeah. want to put on the screen just so you can get a yeah. sense. Of, uh, I'm, I'm assuming just full of life. I mean, yep. the James you knew. Yes. Yeah, totally. He was, um, yeah, he was, he was full of life. So, um, and funny, like everywhere we went, he just, he saw the good in literally every situation. And he kind of lived this, like, he lived kind of this, like, like as if every day was his last, like, how would you be every day? If you thought like, I don't know what tomorrow holds. He, yes. the way he talked to people at Seven Eleven at the donut shop, like he just, he really, I mean, it was, it was very unique and it's kind of cliche because a lot of times people pass away and then you make them larger than life, you know? And so, but it was, he really had this just, he was really special. So, so yep. let's bring uh, Megan to this. Mm -hmm. uh, so you hear about this story. How long have you guys known each other? We've known each other 11 years yeah. now, approximately. We've been yeah. working together. Um, the incident actually happened shortly before we met. Yeah. And so had heard the story. We were good friends at that point. And who, who came up with the idea? I think we should write a musical. So, so um, I was driving in the car one day. I had just recently experienced my own tragedy in my family uh, related to mental illness and was really processing through what that meant for my family going forward and was listening to Lisa's album that she had written a number of years earlier called Music in the Sky. And uh, one song that she wrote in particular about her brother called Jamie and I could just see it on a stage. I just imagined this happening and I thought Lisa's an incredible storyteller. I like to write, we love to tell stories. I'd been doing that for some time and so why not tell the world about the truth of mental illness, um, our personal stories and I know it could reach other people. So I walked into her office that day and I said, hey, do you wanna write a musical? And she said, yes. And so. We started, we started the musical. 
And so the musical is called Boy on Billboard, mm -hmm. and we've got some pictures. And mm -hmm. as we're looking at these um, mm -hmm. actors and actresses, yeah. talk about how you selected the cast. Yeah, so um, the character that is on the screen currently is uh, Ellie. That's our lead female, and she represents really the Lisa of the story, James's sister. And um, our desire was to tell a story that could reach the medical field, you know, what, what the medical field goes through as they're helping people through this process of discovering their mental illness and being treated. Um, the mother of the story, uh, how does she respond and react when she finds out her son is, is going through this tragedy and trying to figure that out? Um, you know, what is it, what would it have been like on the billboard uh, to watch this billboard scene unfolding? And so um, we put auditions out, of course, initially saying we'd like to do a read through and preview. And the Dallas area is just fantastically full of talented actors, performers, singers. We're so blessed to live in an area that supports the arts mm -hmm. and storytelling. And so that's how we started selecting. Um, then for this upcoming performance, uh, we found an incredible actor uh, named Jack Austin on TikTok. Mm -hmm. He's a really talented singer. He's been uh, working really hard. He's getting some traction in New York. And so Lisa reached out to Jack and mm -hmm. just said, hey, this is a story about my brother. Would you be interested in taking on a role or auditioning for us? And Jack agreed. And so, yeah. So, um, Lisa, let's bring you back into this. Uh, we've also got video of this, um, you know, rehearsal. D t tell me about the pressure that's, that you put yourself under when you're telling your brother's story. I mean, that's a very, you know, yeah. personal um, story. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say that it 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 was a lot of pressure. It, it wasn't, and you know, it wasn't so much pressure as much as it was like, there were a lot of moments, like when we first did it, we did the preview at Genesis Theater and it's just a super, like a black box theater, super close knit. Um, and there we had like live musicians and so, Meg is like in the sound booth running a lot of the stuff back there and I was like conducting and so I was you know feet away from a lot of the scenes and a lot of the tragedy I mean kind of watching some of the things in act two um and it I I guess the only way to say it is that it was it was both like I can't believe we're doing this I can't believe that we're telling this story um but then also like man of all the people um he was so great and this would this it's such an honor to be able to say like you know and and it's such an honor in an appropriate way from the standpoint of like there are real people like mm -hmm. real people in this city in this country but like james was a real kid like he was a real local kid he lived in plano he lived in dallas he lived in fort worth um just trying to find his way you know and there are so many i mean we hear mm -hmm several, so many, I'm not kidding. Like once or twice a week, do I either read mm -hmm. or I receive something from someone that's like, and it keeps us in touch with like, this is a story worth telling. Like mm -hmm. it just is because people all of a sudden come out and they need a place to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's the people struggling, but it's also like family members. Sure. Because at the end of the day, it's like, we, you, you know, we still had to keep our health and our sanity and our togetherness as a family, you know? And that's what's so important about this show for us. We didn't realize it, I think, initially. We thought it's a story that needs to be heard, and we hope it will be received well. And after 
people hear about the story or they've seen it or they've read it, even our cast members, suddenly dialogue is coming mm-hmm. out. I can see myself in that character. Oh my goodness, this is my nephew. Mm-hmm. I want to do something different. I want to do better or um, wow, someone else has gone through the same thing that I have gone through. And that's what's so special. And dialogue that's written in the show some of it is from stories that we heard as we started talking about our, our mission and our goal with the story. Um, you know, a student would pop up and say, well, this was my experience. And uh, a friend would come over and say, this was my you know, daughter's experience. And so our show is a collection of stories that we're so honored to get to tell. Well, and what I love about your friendship is that uh, you just, uh, I went to prepare for this show and I saw some amazing YouTube videos and you just have such great chemistry. It doesn't mean you always agree on stuff, but let's go ahead and roll this clip. I'm Lisa. I'm Meg. And we wrote Boy on Billboard, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> We're we are Boy on, Boy on Billboard. Billboard. No. And we are, and we are, boy and on we are, are boy on and we are, where's the emphasis? And, and we, we are, and boy, we are boy, boy on billboard. Lisa and I have actually been working together for quite a number of years now. Most of our projects that we have collaborated on uh, were for work and related to education and our job. Some of them were really fun. Some were more uh, intentional and serious. And so um, we already knew we worked really well together. I think, or I thought we worked really well together. We did. Um, we do. We, we've always really worked worked really well together. Um, I think that we have fun when we're working, Mm -hmm. we enjoy collaboration, and it was a really natural transition from working on work to something that we wanted to do Mm -hmm. and um, something that we wanted to do for ourselves as artists creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really natural. Yeah. And I mean, it hasn't been without like knock down, drag out, like it's like we're (laughs) sisters. (laughs) And maybe yelling at each other, maybe hanging up the phone on each other, and here. And I love that because you, you're both kind of goofy, and the way you play off each other is so sweet. You're almost like sisters, aren't you? A little bit, yeah, a lot, a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what makes it so fun, and the way we continue to tell hard stories, uh, because this show is full of tragedy and serious, but it is fun and funny and moments of levity because that's life. Mm-hmm. Humor and and hardship really walk hand in hand to make life rich and full. That's the human experience. And we're gonna put the website up at the very end so people can get tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And opening night is when? May 12th. May 12th, so that is coming up quick. Yes. Um, why don't, Lisa, why don't we give you the final word? What, what would you like to leave people with? I would like to leave people with um, just the the hope, um, there is hope. And there are so many, um, while there are so many hurting people, like the beauty of the human experience is kind of the wonder of it all and that we can come together and it's huge. And so just that we get to tell this story in a creative way. I mean, we could have done it a different way, but yeah, that we get to tell it in this way. We hope that people are encouraged and we hope that they um, are able to find community Mm -hmm. and maybe come out of their shell, especially like post COVID and all of that, like 
kind of find some level ground again because it is, it's possible. Um, and with everything that we've been through, my family, I kind of feel like we're thriving on some level. And so just to, yeah, there's a lot of hope. Ladies, this has been a really powerful show. And thank you both for sharing your hearts with us. And I hope everybody will go to see this amazing performance, performances. Mm -hmm. And you can go to their website to get tickets and support mm -hmm. them. Boyonbillboard.com is the website. Ladies, thank you so much for coming thank, on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. Jeff. Yes. That's it for now. Yes. We'll see you next time.